0: Abandon fear and trust yourself. Open up to all life's wealth. Tap into a
1: sixth sense with intuitive intelligence. Hello, 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 and welcome to the intuitive intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Bernadette, and I'm here with a special guest, therapist... Beverly Sosia, a dear friend of mine, and I just want to, I'm really excited to introduce her to you. Beverly is a licensed psychotherapist in the state of Florida and a certified addictions professional. She has a master's degree in social work, is trained in EMDR, which I really like, highly effective trauma therapy. Beverly's worked in the drug and alcohol treatment field for 17 years um, and been 12 years as a behavioral therapist technician, five years as a counselor. She started her own practice in 2017, providing individual and group therapy, as well as subcontracting out to various drug alcohol intensive outpatient facilities. And Beverly's recently expanded to include online recovery coaching. She's given many presentations on a variety of mental health related topics for the Palm Beach County Employees Assistance Program, Overall, let me just tell you, she literally is just amazing. Welcome, Beverly. How are you? Hi, Bernadette. Thanks for having me on. I am so we've been talking about this for so long, and I we're know finally doing it. Today's topic is spirituality and recovery, but I think it that's not even fair because I think there's so much more to this topic. So, share, Beverly. Um why you why you, your take on like what the importance is of spirituality in recovery in counseling in life
0: well i uh my experience because i too am in recovery um and have been to therapy and have a therapist <laughs> all that but um just life in general I, the connection with spirit with uh spirituality has been the game changer for me. And I remember early on a woman saying to me, um, I think it was a biofeedback person I had gone to. And um, it was the first time I'd ever heard this, that I was a very spiritual being that, um, you know, and I, I remember at the time I was, I think agnostic at the time, or atheist. I was. I went through a, a lot of transitions. Um, I I went the whole gamut. Anyway, um, she had said, "There's a difference between being spiritual and being religious." So it was like, okay. Well, it took me another five years to get sober. So, um, you know, that was just. Uh, an experience that I had prior to that. So coming into sobriety myself, I realized that this this is a spiritual malady. This is not a psychological malady. It's a spiritual malady. Um, it's definitely threefold. You know, it does affect the mind, body, and the spirit. A Absolutely. lot of people focus on the mind and body, you know, behaviors more than, a spiritual connection, uh, and what I found is uh, having that spiritual connection writes the behaviors.
1: It makes it possible. Yes, honestly, it yeah. gives it all meaning, and it, and it, um,
0: it, it, it makes it internal. Mm-hmm. It's not about fitting in socially or any of that stuff. It's, it's getting right with myself and getting me connected to my higher self connected to God.
1: So do you think it's more foundational more so than just traditional psychotherapy or traditional recovery that doesn't include spirituality?
0: Do I think that spirituality is more
1: foundational? The type oh, of therapy you offer is more foundational most, in nature. Most definitely.
0: Cause you could probably do without therapy if you're connected spiritually. Because you would be in that space all the time, you know. Um, and that's what I try to help people get connected back into is who they are, who they really are, not, not the human form.
1: So if you were to look at um, what causes people to have addictions, what causes people to have psychological disorders, as the world would call it, yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think disorder. is the starting point? I mean, is it spiritual sickness? It is
0: a spiritual sickness, but um, for some, they don't even realize that. You know, um, they don't realize that coming into sobriety. They don't realize that day to day. You know, one of the things about disorder or disease, I like to break that down: disease, not at ease with myself you know, there's something missing. Um, and same thing with disorder, things are out of order. I'm out of order. Right. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fragmented. Um, and a lot of times when people pick up, uh, you know, when they feel that way, they they reach for a substance to feel better because they think it's something outside of themselves will help them because they're so disconnected from themselves. So they get high does nothing more really than take me further away from myself, but it's a feel good for the moment. um, It's something to do rather than realizing that I need to be and be connected. Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, that in turn just, you know, it could be shopping, could be eating. There's all kinds of different things that people reach for. Gaming, internet, porn. Working working. Yeah. All these, uh, gambling,
1: um, love (laughs) addictions. Yes. Right.
0: Seriously. Yes. Uh, cleaning, exercising. I mean, there's so many ways that you can manifest, um, you know, uh, or distract yourself from you. And that's really what all these things are. You know, you do it for so long and, and Pretty soon, you cross that line to where that substance, whatever it was you picked up, that behavior, that substance, it starts controlling you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you're in the realm of addiction because you've lost control at that point and it's now controlling you. Now you're um, obsessive compulsive. Right. <clears throat> you know, um, so even I was thinking, even uh, she, she can go into some of the mental disorders can become addictive
1: yes. i mean i,
0: I had a uh, a client once a long time ago when i was behavioral tech who had she was like in a contest with her sister as to how many labels how many diagnoses she wow. could uh that she had she had more than her sister so it was like a win i was like wow, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah that's no right <laughs>
0: So if I have more problems, then, you you know, some people can get addicted to drama
1: even. Well, I think a lot of people get addicted to being a victim. Yes. And that very much is a disconnect from spirit. Yes. And from Um, your higher self. Addicted to chaos. Uh, Yeah. Control. Yes. Yes. Control.
0: And that is quite an illusion. Mm -hmm. The illusion of control. So... Yeah, it it covers the gamut, when the way I see it, and it's all put back in in alignment with the connection with spirit, yeah. with source, with with your creator, whoever whoever or whatever one sees that to be.
1: So if you look at, I mean, because honestly, you and I have had these conversations, of course, off the record Mm -hmm. um, about the things that are lacking in the world of healing. You know, as far as like emotional healing, mental healing, um, there's a lack in the way that people do therapy, give therapy, Mm -hmm. um, because it's not like the spiritual end of things is a part of the training. Right. You no. didn't learn that part in psychotherapy school. No. Right. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think it is? I mean, there there definitely needs to be a paradigm shift. We've seen some some individuals make that paradigm shift. You're one of them on the cutting edge of it. Um, why do you think it it's not so easily seen and embraced?
0: I think it's more about programming people, the education system. Mm hmm. So your programming um, doesn't include spirituality because that's not programming. That's, you know, a a genuine connection. And in doing that, you're not taking your guidance from any uh, controlling board, you know, any licensure board, any, um, uh, their ethics versus your ethics. You know, when you're in alignment it's like there's a, a natural knowing of what the right thing to do is. Yes. So if if I go in thinking that they're going to teach me, you know, and I started into uh, college very late in life. So I already had all this um, personal experience. So I, I understand it's it's easier for me from my perspective to see it while it was going on. You know, to see the disconnect, the lack of spirituality, and um, and that's where humanity is too. I think. Yes, I mean, if you think about it, so with the lack of connection with your creator, uh, it's permission to have uh, have less respect for humanity. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> That would be my take on that. Um, so I think the schools are about making money and teaching you how to follow direction, taking the information they give you and spit it back. And then there's a, a test to become a licensed therapist. Um, and you know, those tests are made by test makers. Right. Not people in your field. I think a lot of people too get caught up in the accomplishment of, of doing that. Um, you know, and they become over identified through their ego, their ego becomes over identified with uh, being a therapist. Uh, I'm not a therapist. It's what I do. Yes. And I'm licensed for it. But I am a spiritual being.
1: So if you were to look back at, at your recovery, your healing in your life, um, that which brought you back to wholeness, what, what was it for you? What brought you to this field too of being a helper of others that would be god (laughs) because i avoided this for the longest
0: time and i was very resistant to it and when you're practicing spiritual principles you can be resistant you learn you can like not like something Uh, but if you're feeling compelled you're probably going to move forward with that. <laughs> you know, there's that surrender, surrender to what is. It's like, okay. Um, you know, I started out with, um, okay, I'll do one semester. All right, you know, All right, another one. Okay, that was kind of fun, I'll do a third. It took me three semesters to commit to just finishing an associate degree. <laughs> and then it was like, after that was done, um, You know, then I took uh, a semester off and I thought, oh, okay, well, I I might as well go for my. And mind you, I was spending a lot of time with myself. So I was in, um, I get messages um, sometimes in visions, sometimes in, um, it's like I'm having a conversation with myself, but I know it's not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so I guess that would be audio. So I was like, okay, I'll go do the bachelor's degree. And that was okay. That was a lot of, lot of effort on my part. And then I was done with that and it was like, uh, okay, I'm done. I'm not going any further. Uh, I've, I've done it. And then another semester off and I'm like, all right, one last, one last degree, you know, I'll go the next step. And uh, so I got to my master's. So you can see the struggle I had, the resistance I had, and yet still following the guidance of my guides, uh, of God via my guides. And, you know, fussing the whole way, but nonetheless doing it. So then it's like, okay, (laughs) helping others. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, that's one of the things that, we do in uh, in recovery too is, you know, when when nothing else is working, the best thing to do is find someone that's worse off than you and listen to what's going on with them. So there's right. that underlying uh, energy that was playing out in my in my own personal recovery as well. And there's certain things you, I mean, you tend to pick these tools up and practice with them you know, apply them uh, when you're committed to not picking up the substance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it'd be real easy to just not do that, I guess. Um, although I'll tell you, these days I, and probably throughout, throughout my whole 28 years in recovery, I've seen a lot of people who have long-term sobriety, maybe decades, and pick back up. Hmm. So that's hard. It's hard yeah. to watch, but because I'm so uh, inquisitive, <laughs> I, I wanted—I always want to know—what did you come up against that you were unwilling to deal with? Because that's right. usually what that is, you know. And right there is when uh, you know where all the spiritual principles come into play. If if you truly are committed to not picking up. You know, because it gets to that point it's like I either act out on this behavior whatever my substance is or I get busy doing what I need to do you know, uh-huh. I think it was a movie line that said either get busy dying or get either get busy living or get busy dying yeah you know so I think we all you know recovery is not uh, just for people you know I, really the principles are the principles. And they're for everyone. Right. You know, recovery brought me into that. My addictions brought me into that. Mm-hmm. And God knows I was beaten down enough to start listening, you know.
1: But what fascinates me about, about you and knowing your story and um, and how, you know, y- you, like many other people who have experienced – um, the spin of addiction, mm-hmm. right, and getting lost in it, and seeing no problem with it while you're in it, at least for a moment. <laughs> yeah, how how you were led to the light of sobriety, a, and spirituality, God, b, because I know enough people who've been lost in addiction, lost, at, and I don't just mean drugs and alcohol. I mean just yeah, craziness you know the world like there's an addiction to the world dramas as they play out yeah and and where we get lost in third dimensional reality the human experience versus the spiritual experience so it fascinates me and i always want to know like what was the pivot point for you what was the turning point for you uh to come into recovery and to come back to the light well
0: I didn't even know that was the problem, but I will tell you, uh, (laughs) that, um, I was at the place where, um, I had used for like over 20 years. Okay. I am stubborn as shit. (laughs) So I I kept trying to figure it out while I was, you know, getting high and, (laughs) you know, you can't really, um. But I had gotten to that point where I was emotionally flatlined.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, no emotion. I would look around and look at people and think, "What could they possibly have to talk about to each other?" You know, um, I had lived that life so long that I knew every, I knew the lay of the land. I knew every dead end, and I knew that all roads led to a dead end. Mm-hmm. And so there was you no. Know, it was like that. I either keep going, living this life, where I literally could not see color anymore. I was only seeing um, grays and blacks and whites.
1: That's all I was
0: seeing. Um, I couldn't tell you what I looked like. I don't know if I would have recognized myself if I passed myself on the street. That's how far disconnected I was. And it's funny, but um, I didn't come straight into recovery knowingly. I did, um, a friend of mine uh, had given me a business card to a psychic, like, (laughs) yeah. Of all things. (laughs) Of all things, Uh, you know, like maybe a couple of weeks earlier, a month earlier, and You know i had always uh avoided anything like that because i think at 12 i realized 12 that's pretty early i know but uh at 12 i realized that i was in such a dark place that if i opened that door the darkest of the dark would come
1: in oh
0: okay so okay like 37 is when i got sober uh when I reached out and I thought, well, what the hell, I got nothing to lose because I'm either going to uh, kill myself and I already have the plan in place or this works. So I just called up, made an appointment, went in. And um, the woman who read me was, and I didn't tell her anything. I, You know, she's lucky she got my name, (laughs) you know, but she, I forget what that is. She asked me for my keys. I know that's a, a form of reading.
1: Psychometry. Yeah.
0: Okay. I knew there was a word for it. Um, she asked for my keys and she went right, right to the core issue. Honestly, it was like, and I held it together. Um, you know, <laughs> of I course you it,
1: did. You fire sign female. Right. I held mm-hmm. it together.
0: I did the whole thing. I think right before I went out, Uh, the door. Um, She did tell me I was um, an adult child of an alcoholic. And I thought, that's interesting because we didn't even talk about my dad, who was an alcoholic, active alcoholic. Um, And I thought, yeah, I go out. I I paid for the session. I went down to my car and I broke down. I just Uh broke down. And I must have sat there and sobbed for 20 minutes. So looking back on that, I can see where she she touched the core of me, you know, and that's what needed to happen to start opening me up. And so I started working with her and another psychic that worked there. They started a group uh, that was starting a week later, um, which she had told me about. And I remember showing up there it was a Friday night at seven and it was a three hour group. And I thought, I don't even know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I just sat down and, you know, and yeah. So I would say, um, that was, that was the turning point for me, that whole, I think, week long experience, uh, for me. And now I kept coming back every Friday night, um, and you know that group lasted until I no longer needed that group.
1: And what was it? A psychic group? Was it a, a recovery group? What was it?
0: It was for adult children of
1: alcoholics. Ah, it and see, you did not think. Funny enough, that psychics would be funny. carrying on a class like that. Yeah,
0: and I kept forgetting that they were psychics because that was not what my interest was. Um, I was, I was in a lot of, yeah, you know, I was shut down. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they did eventually get me, um, oh, you know, it was like baby steps to get me to open up and, you know, like after a couple of weeks, then, uh, they're like, Hey, does anybody in the group want to meet, you know, go meet somewhere and have something to eat? So we do that about a month or two later. Now they're like, Hey, can we come to your house Awesome, and hang out? You know, we'll just get some food and hang out there or order something, hang out there. And we did that for a while.
1: And um, did you your know, addiction stop like while right when you started to do that? What happened with that? I will tell you that um, I, yes, I lost the,
0: I didn't think about drinking or, or drugging and I honestly I didn't even think about it uh, but then they were like "Well, let's go to to, to socialize some of us because I was I was not a social person at that point and so it was like let's go to um, it was a it was a bar that had a, a dance dance floor and go meet up there on a um, uh, like during happy hour. And so I remember the, walking in there and and thinking, oh, I'm gonna order a drink, right? Uh, I'm just gonna order a drink and, um, cause that's what I always did when I could walk <laughs> to a bar. And um, I remember thinking to myself, oh, but I'm only gonna have one cause I do not want these people see what I'm like. <laughs> And that that was the first time I had ever thought of, thought that. Wow. So, yeah. So I drank that drink drink, and there's ice cubes in the glass, and I noticed that, um, you know, that they had, uh, that those ice cubes were talking to me, was like, "Come on, you can have another one." And um, uh, I I didn't, but I I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is from. Wonder if this is what you call a flashback? Uh, you know, because I had done a lot of acid in my time, so I tripped a lot, and I had never had a flashback. And I thought, well, maybe this—that's what this is. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. And then um, about a month later, we did the same thing. Same thing happened. Uh, the glass—you know—I I had one. I consciously told myself, I'm only having one. And that glass, uh, those ice cubes started talking to me again, and I thought, "No way, no way!" Because <laughs> I've never heard of anyone having the same hallucination or flashback <laughs> twice. So I, I remember saying to Jackie, one of the um, psychics um, who facilitated, um, "I think I have a drinking problem. I think I'm, I think I'm an alcoholic." She goes, "Yeah, you. I know." And. I've and never, that was
1: the first time you recognized it?
0: Yes. So you see, I'd been like a few months into that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I decided then I would not drink again. You know, mm-hmm. once I realized that I had the, that I was an alcoholic,
1: it's like, no. Yeah. Did you get into a program after that?
0: Um, probably about a year later, I ran into uh, an old friend of mine who was, in, uh, had gotten into the program and so he asked me to come to a um, recovery club and you know, no, I had been around those two women for that whole year and, and another year after I started going to meetings. But um, what they had me doing though was things like um, Tai Chi. Wow. Jackie taught me English writing, um, you know, different things. I, I muck stalls, uh, you know, came to the farm and did did work on the farm. All these things to get me, um, to get acquainted with being in my body. Yeah. Because I was not in my body.
1: Most addicts aren't.
0: And I hadn't. Most been.
1: people in trauma
0: aren't. That's right. Yeah. Trauma is is a thing that will take you right out of your body, and I hadn't been living in my body since I was uh, probably about eight or nine years old. Yeah. I I didn't realize I had moved up to my head, so I was living in my head. Yeah, and that's what was causing all the problems.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I mean, what do you know?
1: <laughs> right. I, but I mean, I think that's a lot of people, whether they have addiction or not, exactly. that are lost. That they they have checked out of their bodies. They have checked out of of their connection with yes. spirit and with yeah. who they really are. Right. Um, I mean, that's even the people that come to me for readings, yeah. for relationships, for for psychic development, for what you know. How do I create my life? It's like I didn't even know I could. I thought it just kind of unraveled the way. I, the way it did and whatever. Right. Yeah. A lot of that, them are out of their bodies. I mean, people with food addictions, I watch it. I mean, yeah. I've had my own, right. When I was younger, <laughs> it was like, okay, let's find any way not to feel what I feel right now.
0: Right. And whatever works.
1: Yeah. Is yeah. what
0: we go to. Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't really recognize that we're living in our head. Um, because we go there to figure things out that's <laughs> that and then you know get stuck there and i remember when i was really young uh, um uh, I, I figured the one thing that they can't control is what i think
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that gave me permission to just like live full time there in my head yeah. yeah um and i didn't realize what a
1: and it's great till you can't get your head controlled. Yeah. And you need an outside substance to control that.
0: Yeah. Right. Which is what happens soon after. But hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's the journey of this addict,
1: you know. But your recovery is, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah you know, the story of your recovery, because it, however it needed to happen for you to get you back on your path, it happened and it happened in a really not normal way. I mean, no. most people, they get DUIs, they get arrested, they're forced into recovery, like they're forced stopped. Right. And they, you weren't.
0: Yeah. Or they go straight. I I love how God led me to psychics.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Because
0: that, um, I mean, they would talk to me in um, language that I understood that I hadn't uh, heard before
1: mm-hmm.
0: in my family or the people that I was hanging out with, uh, you know, using with. Um, and that was it, the language of energy, you know, to feel the energy of an emotion. And, and that made it easier for me to uh, move through. You know to sit with um, to um, not feel overwhelmed by when I'm when I'm seeing it as what it is which is energy yeah you know yeah. so when they say this too shall pass yes it will because energy is fluid absolutely and, and so emotions you know um, because you know if you're in your head it's like uh Oh, I feel sad. I'm always going to feel sad. No.
1: Very <laughs> fatalistic when we're in our heads
0: and in oh, our egos. Absolute. You know? No, so no. absolute. You know, uh having a bad day, my life is shit, you know. <laughs> like, is it really, is it really that bad? You know? It's like, no. Um, you know, because you can always find something good. Yeah. But it's important to that's the to recognize that that's the ego saying that to you you know um because we have like a committee of different programs running up upstairs here and um
1: so that's I think one of the things you help people with too though in therapy right is identifying the committee yes can you talk about that uh
0: well i think it's good to know who they are <laughs> you know who they are um there's usually um you know all these voices going on in your head you know it's like um the one who judges you harshly, like, who's that, you know, for me, I have the addict. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I get into one of the ways to recognize her is, um, for example, is a very uncomfortable place, no matter what it is. Um, you know, that would be the one that go, um, fuck this, let's use, you know, Or boy, wouldn't a drink sound good? You know that kind of thing. It's like oh, you know. So when you pay attention to self, when you're in the presence in 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 the present with yourself, you can start hearing the different tones. um, You can connect it back to, you know, some of some of the committee members are aspects of ourselves that got split off. stunted uh in a way uh at a time of a trauma mm-hmm. so it might be the 13 year old or the five year old you or you know so you have all these different aspects um it, it might be your parents or a teacher that said something that was very um, that stuck with you
1: yeah i have one so, of those right so it's
0: those committee members are uh, formed um, through our own ego uh, or from our own ego and from our uh, you know our perception of a situation at the time um, through a trauma How did I how did I make it through that trauma? How did I cope? you know a lot of times that's why dissociation is so common because a lot of times trauma is, so horrible that you leave body Mm -hmm. and um same thing with using because when you leave body there's no one there to um to guard that body to keep keep you safe so it's so easy for other entities to enter in and set up housekeeping you know oh my god yeah they set up house in there and um you know, you've got to know that's why like clearing is very important, um, you know, for the, um, maybe those are ones that came in from the outside or, you know, like I think of, uh, alcohol and drugs as, um, they have their own energy to them. Addiction has its own energy.
1: They have their own spirit. Yeah. Yes. So that sets up house
0: inside of you, you know? Um, so uh, when, when, as I learned to look at everything as energy, um, uh, it, it gives it more, uh, it's more manageable for me and I can see it more clearly. It makes more sense to me
1: mm-hmm. than
0: anything else that other people say to me. As a, as a very young child, I was very connected. You know, I, I have a frame of reference to go back to. Right. Some people don't have that. If you've been a, abused or traumatized as an infant maybe you know you'd have to go back to prior to coming into this life to have a frame of reference right Um, so everybody's different there Um, so finding out from different individuals you know what their experiences have been and what was their perception around that were they able to handle that what did they do to get through that um, and, and sometimes to find out who those committee uh, members are is like, okay, who's talking? Just ask yourself that. Who's talking?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And probably the first name that comes to your mind, yeah. you're going to be right. You know, or your first memory attached to that. Because, you know, um, they have certain characteristics of certain attitudes come, come over you. Figure all that out which means I have to stay in body long enough to even notice
1: this.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So when people ask me, Bev, do you have any kids? And I say, yes, I have one and I'm a handful. (laughs) I'm talking, this is a 24-7 job. Just, you know, noticing whether I'm present, whether I'm not. If I'm not, bring myself back into the present. Because I'll tell you, I've realized my own value. So I really don't want to abandon me. I don't want to dissociate.
1: I love that.
0: You know, um, because I care enough about me to want to stick around and be here for me. Even if that means managing all these uh, different committee members, you know. But if they're younger parts of ourselves, um, that's the thing uh, that I've learned to do too, is like, you know, they need uh, raised up and integrated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes we have to say, okay. Knock it off, sit down. I have no idea what I'm doing as the adult me, but I will either figure this out or um, find help. Yeah. Just, you know, because when you're coming out of that, you, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with is trusting their own selves.
1: Well, and I think um, working with someone like you, right? Especially when you're dealing with trauma and um, addiction, it does it does take someone from the outside because yeah. you can't you've disconnected so much right like you can't yeah. even see what's going on with you, mm-hmm. let alone have a clear clear enough perception, right? right. Yeah, because the ego's dropping filters all over the places and going, no, don't see that, <laughs> no, that's not happening. You're fine, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's imperative that people work with someone um that has the skill that is non-judgmental that has a spiritual foundation that can actually walk them through the reconnection and isn't that what recovery is is like it is. reconnection yes and
0: um yeah i think it's important too i mean i had people that were they would be happy to see me and i thought that was a bit odd you know um <laughs> You know, oh, they're happy to see me. Or they'd ask me how my day was, and I would say it was fine. And then they would just sit and wait until I would start talking because they really wanted to know. How I had never taken that much time or con- uh, interest in my own self. So I had to learn what makes me feel better about me uh, mm-hmm. when I'm around these people. And that's how I was able to then start um, uh you know describing what it is to myself and then like do that for me like look in the mirror in the morning and go good morning yeah let's have a good day today or you know um how was your day you know asking my own self just just taking an interest in my own self you know um what's going on up here in the uh, in between the years you know what's happening there uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, is that really how you feel? You know, and and most of that, uh, honestly, was done through journaling. Because mm-hmm. I journaled every day for the first seven years, every single day. I never realized I had so much to say. <laughs> how could you? You weren't in your body. Exactly. Yeah. So that journaling itself is is an energetic exercise
1: God yes
0: yeah so what was I doing but emptying out my thoughts onto paper allowing the energy because even thoughts are energy so just Absolutely. allowing that energy of thought to uh, funnel down through the pen onto the paper and there would be many times that I when I am journaling a lot of times I'll get uh, epiphanies or clarity around something that I may or may not have even written about. But I, uh, I'm set aside enough, you know, uh, to, it's almost like the clearing out of the thoughts in the head, giving them a voice on paper. makes. I think it
1: allows more bandwidth in your brain. It does. Literally, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like closing all those tabs. You know, on yeah. the computer. Close yeah. all of them and now you have one a blank screen for a new tab to be created. Literally, right. that's how it always feels to me when I journal. It's like, oh, you're just closing all the tabs that you've opened and left open all this time so you can finally reconnect to who you really are. Right. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah. And if you don't give those uh, committee members a voice. There's that. You know, if you don't give them a voice, because they're in there going, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you know um you know then they're going to be screaming in your head
1: absolutely
0: so i'll do the journaling instead
1: yeah cuz yeah. they can be
0: annoying. Enorm- annoying, so annoying there have been times when uh you know in the beginning where i just felt like taking my head off my shoulders and setting it on my nightstand and going to sleep <laughs> you know wouldn't that be nice uh yeah Yeah, it sounds like it would be nice, but it would uh, it would have helped me avoid doing what I needed to do.
1: Well, and with what you do now Mm -hmm. with working with people and and before I forget, I'm trying to put the link up here. Um, If any of you guys want to look Beverly up, for some reason, comments are not showing up on Facebook, but whatever. Um, She can be found on Psychology Today. And she's also on Facebook. So I'll just look up Beverly Sosi on Psychology Today. She has a profile there. Because um, you don't only work with addictive addiction recovery. No. Right. You offer therapy for all kinds of things. Yes, I do. That ails the spirit. Now, as far as,
0: um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the what the deal is with therapy outside of the state of Florida right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's still an emergency order, you know, for COVID, where they were allowing uh, teletherapy for whoever you can get it with, I guess. Um, but yeah, if you're in the state of Florida, uh, I, I can do uh, online teletherapy and in office. So in person or online. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Outside of that, um, outside of the state of Florida, I can do recovery coaching because I am a certified addictions professional. Uh, That would be in 48 out of the 50 States. Uh, I think does not include Alaska or Hawaii.
1: So weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So odd. Um, yeah. So recovery, coaching, therapy. um.
1: You always amaze me because you you have this uncanny ability to listen. Like if I didn't know that you had an earlier life with addiction, right? Yeah. I would never know that you had it because you're, most addicts, don't listen well. They're not present. Yeah. Um, and you have this uncanny ability to be able to be fully present
0: mm-hmm.
1: with whomever you're speaking with at that moment. And you pick up on, on the subtleties and, and you have amazing insight and you have amazing ability to create sacred space, which I love. I don't know. And I know a lot of therapists. I don't know that many therapists that can do what you do. And that actually bridge the spiritual and bring it into their therapy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there needs to be more of it. I think that paradigm shift actually needs to happen on all levels of counseling, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast mm-hmm. because with trauma, with children, with trauma, as and we all <laughs> as adults, we're children once. right? And a lot of our traumas come from there. Um, I think it's necessary to introduce Spirit into all of it I do too God into all of it i think I feel like that's what's that's the big missing piece of the puzzle that's the thing that
0: that is it, and that would be everywhere and not just in therapy um in in your daily life you know to actually live a life um walking in prayer, so to speak yes, you know um, so Yes, yeah, so I think I came up in into this world with the gift of uh, being a listener. Um, yeah, I think the thing with, uh, even, even during my uh, years of using, uh, I would listen to people tell me their deepest, darkest stuff, you know, while I'm going through this dark-ass world of addiction um, <laughs> but I would never remember anything they said I just so I'd never repeated it and that's the other thing is being able to keep uh, confidentiality mm-hmm. you know um, now I I kind of remember stuff but you know what's relevant I feel my way through life a lot
1: Rather which is than- very very diametrically opposite yes. From, from addiction, where yeah. you, you're trying not to feel anything. Right. right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I felt like I, w- I got into a whole different world when I started being in the right brain more than the left brain. I was mm-hmm. solid, solidly in the left brain. So it, either something made sense to me or, you know, it was either logical or it wasn't. Yeah. And I had no, no patience for shit that wasn't logical. But in the right brain, it's like, oh, my gosh, I, really. I couldn't tell you um, the streets to get back to my house. Or, you know, you just point me in a direction and tell me something. I like, kind of find my way there. I was like, it was like a foreign world. But somewhere along the line, though, uh, those two things have started balancing out, you know, to where there's logic and there's left and right brain actually firing off. Which is uh...
1: so? Have you seen um, when you incorporate spiritual foundation, um, and in comparison to, say, a therapist who doesn't, mm-hmm. or therapies or or recovery programs that don't really mm-hmm. incorporate that that next step back to self? Have you seen a difference? And what happens with people or the length of time it takes them to heal, to recover?
0: Um, What I see is I do see uh, progress on the surface. And I think this is something that is uh, probably common, um, not just with addicts, but with everyone when they're doing that. Unless they take it, because like you said, with spirituality, those are the subtle rounds. And subtlety is an acquired taste. (laughs) So, you know, when when you um, are just fixing the veneer, it can uh, look quite nice. Uh, So why down the road does my life fall apart or do I feel like suiciding?
1: hmm
0: Because we haven't gone that that extra step and gotten really down to you know it make that connection. So I can get my life to be manageable through and therapy. shiny looking. Yes, through uh traditional therapy. Mm-hmm. And I can understand things, but that's all head stuff. Right. Um, but when I get into feeling things and um opening my heart and connecting with spirit um not thinking that you know my higher power stops at the top of my head you know <laughs> uh that there is a higher self and that higher self uh you know is the connection to spirit to our creator and like i said whatever creator someone has but all i know is um, When I'm in alignment with that, I have true power. I am now connected to my own power. Right. And that's where the light is. And so all this other stuff can do great things, but um, the depth, if you want depth, and that's the thing, is a person needs to know what quality of life do they want. Right. What quality of internal life do
1: you want? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm not one to want to heal just to look good on the outside. I want it to be like, you feel good. You think good. Yes. Right? You rest good. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate the way that you do things because I think it's missing. it's It's missing. Yeah. Because
0: that's where morals and values are too is in
1: it is oh my god i just have the funniest flash of a picture
0: i'm or not even was.
1: gonna say it okay. just how how much of the morals and values and real depth is lacking yes. at this point on the physical plane
0: most people don't even know what they value
1: they don't let alone what 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 their morals and ethics are like right. what do you stand for so many people just don't even know they just go with the crowd
0: they know what the value of things they may know what the value of something is yeah but what are their values those yeah. internal values you know what would you be willing to die for
1: what would you be willing
0: to live for right and what what would you uh, not be willing to compromise about yeah. yourself, so yeah. then you go into boundaries, and that would be we we learn a lot about external boundaries. But how about those internal boundaries? When yeah. when no one's around, what are yeah? Your, what's
1: your stopping point?
0: Yes, what mm-hmm. are you not willing to compromise on? That's yeah. a that's a very important question for people to ask themselves
1: and answer. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the <laughs>
0: The answer would help.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. Um God. Yeah. We see Beverly and I can go six hours with a conversation. So yeah. I have to be very aware of the time that we've been on because we don't want to drag you guys through six hours of a conversation. Right. Um, but I think the point has been well made, hopefully. You know, there are many roads to healing. There are many roads. To recovery.
0: And there are many ways to weave that spirituality in every one of them. Um, you know, that's working. But really,
1: what are we coming home to? What is it all leading us to? Those roads, those paths, what's it really leading us to? Back to self, right? Right. Wholly, holistically, right. back to self, which is Back to connection with our creator, with life force energy, source energy, whoever you deem it, Shiva, Allah, God, whomever. Yeah. But it's that connection.
0: Uh, The awakening is really an alignment. You're in alignment.
1: It's interesting to me how many people are literally running around in their lives, um, much like they would in a car. And it's so hard to drive a car whose tires are out of alignment and out of balance. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you don't even, unless you've driven a car like that, like it's ridiculous to have one car out of tire, out of balance. If you have all four tires out of balance going in different directions, it's like nearly impossible to stay on the road without feeling like the car is going to fall out from underneath you. Right. Yeah. But we literally run our lives like that and it's common. Until we finally recognize, wait, there's a different way. I don't have to keep like bouncing through life, freaking out about this or that and and never having peace. So yeah, the way you explain it, it's absolutely true. We're trying to get back into alignment. Into alignment.
0: And balance. With our own creator.
1: Yeah. And become the creator. Yes. Co-creator in our own lives. Because that's where the creativity
0: comes from, too.
1: Yeah. Some yeah. some of us, I mean, I had my party days. I thought I was such a great creator when I was partying. Right. When in reality, I think that the only thing I was really creating was drama, chaos.
0: Well, that's what we're creating. But when we, you know, we're also a spark of God, right? Yes. Each, each of us. So... Any um, artistic creation, or even you know, that covers a lot of different things, um, that comes from that spark of God. Now, the creating chaos and unmanageability that comes from our ego.
1: <laughs> well, it's the ego co-opting on that energy of creation from God. It's right? amazing. It's yeah. yeah. It's don't do that one. <laughs> and yet we have, I think we have to play with that. I think. Yes. Cause there's a perfection in the ego too. Mm-hmm. It offers the contrast point. Well, and it serves a purpose. Yes, I mean,
0: one of the purposes for the ego would be to remember how to get to a job that I work at. Yes. You know, it's, it's designed to be a tool for us. Yeah. Uh, Not the leader,
1: not the one in charge. No, it's very rooted in third dimension. It really is. Yes. So it will
0: it will stay here when we lift off. Thank God. Yes.
1: Yeah. But it is needed. I think it's necessary. I also think it's what gives us free will. Because Uh it creates the contrast point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Analytics or intuition. Which one are you gonna live through? the feeling space or just the thinking space and keep it in the head. So, I mean, I'm appreciative of the fact that I have an ego. It's gotten much more tamed and quiet throughout the years, but it's not gone. Well, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd be a mess if it was a puddle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Cause it does serve a purpose, you know? Um,
1: So I wish it wasn't so loud though. When there were things like ice cream shakes in the room and available. Well, that would be your, possibly your younger self. I know. know? Let's have ice cream. It's hot. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So that's what I'm talking about. The committee members uh, who, (laughs) who would be, the one of, you know, the aspect of me that wants ice cream right before
1: dinner. You know, it's so funny too, because as you say that, and we're talking about that, because this is a real thing I've been battling with lately. Yeah. The other voice that I hear in my committee is the one with the de- eating disorder. Okay. The girl that was 14, okay. that was a gymnast who ha- had to constantly weigh in. Right. So I, I hear my ego bargaining. Well, okay. if you do drink the shake. You just have to do an extra hour of exercise so that you burn off the shake and then nothing else to eat after that. Funny, because that is very much an ego program, and a lot of people don't even recognize that that's what's happening, the bargaining. Yes. Yeah. Between committee members, it's lovely.
0: Right? (laughs) Because a lot of times when they're, um, you know, uh, when they're speaking out, when you're starting to hear that chatter, um, something's threatening threatening them.
1: Yeah,
0: I hear a little puppy toy. Yes, anyway, something's threatening them, and so they, yeah, uh, you know, they just kind of want to be be heard. There's where you know uh, the bargaining comes in because that's part of grief, right, or loss. So there's fear that they're going to lose out on something.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So it even plays in that realm. So,
1: it plays in the realm all the time of immediate gratification. Yes. Always. It's always one of my little children that has not healed something that's like jumping on the bandwagon of immediate. Doesn't matter what the consequences are. Let's just get the immediate gratified. And
0: funny you should say that because I think that has, um, that ties into like the energy on the planet or with the planets today yeah. with the, um, but Mars and Aries, uh, you know, want the immediate gratification, uh, held back by Uranus uh, and
1: Saturn and Pluto. Yeah.
0: So you feel that pull, and, and it's calling to us to mature in that area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not now. I mean, Saturn is literally like, not now. Yeah. You, you have to wait. Right. The parent. Right. The yeah. Parent. yeah. And Aries is all action, action, action. Yeah. And the parents like, not now. Hold that for a yeah. minute. Later. Just Later. Yeah. Later. Later.
0: Yeah. That'll come in time. Just not now. Yeah. You know, okay. so getting that, um, uh, you know, um, uh, changing us in, in a way to where we're maturing up to where we are.
1: Able to ride the discomfort waves.
0: Yes. And actually, um, once you, uh, release resistance to the discomfort it becomes more comfortable. I mean um, not a comfort zone necessarily but just manageable you know and good. It's acceptable. Yeah. Um, And you can see that the there will be a good outcome just not as fast as you want it.
1: Right.
0: Or just not at the time you want it. So there's so many different um, levels all the time that we're working with, all the different energies that we're working with. So It's we-
1: good, though, to have someone like you that is a therapist and a recovery specialist yeah. know that those things are at play. And you understand the empath as well, which so many addicts are. Yeah. So many people yeah. that have unhealed trauma are empaths. I would say most of them are. Um, I know right yes I would say so because I think that's
0: something that happens when um, you know I know from my own experience it's like as uh, empathic as I am that this world was not designed our society was not designed for um for being empathic it was designed for you know doing not being yes uh expectations meeting goals competition all this are er, 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 you know um so uh yeah uh, all the structure you know be at yeah. work at eight o'clock eight to five five days a week you know it's a slave driving kind of thing and it's like hey this this shit doesn't work for me you know, it wasn't yeah. working for me. It always felt hard. Yeah. And I realized that now that was not me. That was me trying to fit into something that wasn't for me. Right. You know, that I needed to work with me. And that's the other thing is when you understand your own energies, all this, you can learn to work with you rather than against you.
1: Yeah, resistance is futile things go
0: so much smoother. Yeah. Yeah. You can deal with a lot more.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Beverly. Thank you. We'll have you back on the podcast, um, later and and have, yeah, we already did over an hour. Yeah. We didn't do too bad. (laughs) (laughs) We we contained ourselves to an hour first time for everything yeah but i want to thank you for coming on again if you guys want um, to learn more about beverly just go to psychology today and put in her name in the search beverly Sosi. i will have her information in the show description um but thanks for coming on intuitive intelligence it's you know i've never heard the story about how you got sober and it came through the psychic connection so that's impressive like that was cool i liked hearing that story well thanks for having me on bernadette
0: yeah uh, i think it's a blessing that i came across you
1: ditto girlfriend yeah, yeah. <laughs> ditto and yeah a Blessing. yeah so y'all look her up we'll have her on again she has so many insights and a uh, oh, treasure trove of wisdom of how to get over things. Um, at some point, I do want to, you to come on and talk about um, being an adult child of an alcoholic, being codependent, um, because there are a lot of empaths. That's are
0: part of the deal. Yeah.
1: Very codependent. And yeah. and speaking to that too, of how to break that cycle, yeah. I think is something that my listeners and and all those that are drawn to people like you and me, could benefit from as well. And I think you have, you have a very unique perspective on how to walk through that and how to heal that and recover from that too, because that too becomes an addiction. It is becoming a caretaker and and thinking that you can, you can fix things by enabling them or, you know, which actually makes it worse for the addict. (laughs) That's
0: a whole nother dimension. Whole
1: other one. Yes
0: there's yeah. so, so many
1: different things yeah there is yeah so I will have Beverly back but thank you thank you thank you my dear for coming on and the rest of you make sure you follow the podcast subscribe like and share because you never know who might actually listen to this conversation have a light bulb go off and you never you know. might be responsible for somebody waking up to the fact that huh I wonder if I'm an addict <laughs> Because things happen in the strangest ways at times, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in this together. All right. I will see you later. All Abandon fear and trust yourself. Open up to all life's wells.
0: Tap into a sixth sense with
1: intuitive intelligence.